You're listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are here for Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. Uh, yes. Uh, fourth Darren, inaugural. Is, is it the fourth inaugural? No, we've got more than four, haven't we? This is the fourth. Wow. Number four on the wow. list. Uh, yeah, I know. You, you just like my wow thing. Anyway, uh, joined, as you could tell by that voice there, Kieran McMahon in here with me alongside Mark Bell. How are you, Mark? This is great. This is my first time. It is your first time in here. And we've been talking about you every single episode. And that, oh, yeah, no, 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 Mark will be in. He'll be here. So that's good. It's good that you're here. Uh, I dragged myself out of bed just for you. Ah, uh, well, that's the bonus. That's the bonus. You want to be. Uh, it's noon, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no one else is really going to know that, you know. Someone in Pakistan who's listening to my uh, podcast here, I don't think is going to worry about the time too often. I don't know. Maybe they will. Um, as always, we usually get started with uh, Tech Talk, which we'll get into. We're going to talk provincial championships, a little summer camp and academy. Uh, might even delve into the CONCACAF Women's Championships and the uh, Women's Euros that are currently going on by the time this is edited and out there uh, maybe they won't be going on <laughs> maybe canada's already qualified oh maybe which they have which they have and i think everyone will know that but uh let's get to the tech talk here and sort of an overall of what's uh what's going on with the club and what's happening it's been good <laughs> you're killing me with the, the one-liners there uh no our, our main se- our main season's come to a wrap now uh it's mid-july right now so we we wrapped up a couple of weeks ago with our Arrow wild jamboree and kaisa cup playdowns for our um our u13 and older teams and our Arrow wild jamboree for our u8 well our initiation our, U- our u7s all the way through to uh u11s um We've we've done something unique this year, and, and that's we've opened up pre-registration. So uh, oh. players and families have the opportunity to register now uh, to kind of book their spot for next season. For next spring. For next spring. So that helps us kind of get, get ahead of, of the curve with, with respect to uh, um, anticipating numbers um, and allows people to lock in now when, when soccer is fresh on their mind rather than, rather than being pushed uh, in November and kind of delaying, delaying, delaying and forgetting. So, so trying to capture all those, uh, all those families in that wall while, while well, things are fresh right now. Well, that's great. There's nothing better than uh i mean it saves so much time for families too if you if you actually can get in on things and you know instead of those last minute opportunities or last minute times where you're thinking in your head i gotta get my child signed up and you've sort of left it (laughs) to the last minute our our programs are a bit unique in terms of the way we place players on teams it is very community based Uh, many other clubs you just you're randomly assigned to teams Mm -hmm. um and and programming is centralized at a certain location but but here you're you you've got we've got dallas groups juniper groups uh west side groups brock groups um and and, uh, and soccer teams all over town so if you don't register by a certain date uh you're not guaranteed to be on that team from last year and that's that's usually where people uh they forget or they delay and they miss that deadline and then their child's no longer on the team they've been on for three years and so we 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 try to there's a lot of education that goes along with that so trying to capture all of that as early as possible Mm -hmm. to kind of say sign up now get get your kind of deposit in now and uh, you're you're good to go. We've reserved that spot with your team, so you don't have to worry about the December one deadline or or, or, or things like that. So, hopefully that'll be uh, that'll be helpful. 
Uh, definitely, definitely. I, I'm, and from the uh, looks of the way things uh, are going and the way that busy is Shannon is right now is our administrator here. She's, uh, she's diligently working away trying to make all of this stuff happen and getting people signed up already, which is great. Um, select program, something we've talked about in your absence, Mark, but I know that's, uh, that's your baby. What's sort of going on overall? How did you feel the year went and stuff for your select program? Uh, I thought it was fantastic, actually. Coming out of two years off with the pandemic, we had a, quite a successful run for four years before the pandemic kicked here, with, which was my first four years. Um, and when the pandemic came, it really sort of put a roadblock in the way of the program. And a lot of kids exited soccer because they went to individual activities because that's all you could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they weren't that interested in social distance soccer. Um, because it's very technical and they want to play some games and that sort of stuff. So um, we worked really hard through the pandemic in those two years to try and keep everybody going that was keen. And a lot of our players actually bought in, which was fantastic. And so did our coaches. And uh, we came out maybe even stronger than we went in. So I'm really happy. And this year was a very successful season for for all of our older teams and our younger teams uh, were also quite strong. Yeah, it was great to see uh, the program for me. I've not been around the club, obviously. This is what we're going into month three that I'm winding up here with the club. And yeah, it's been a great, it's a great program to watch and some great players, great organization and great, um, great outcomes that I've seen, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, one of the things which I thought was really cool was the try it out day where you have maybe some of the, the community-based players uh, wanting to give the select program a shot. How did you think that went? Uh, it's a great idea. Uh, that's Kieran's baby. He always comes up to seems seems to come up with a new twist to the introduction of select or mm-hmm. community um, or initiation for that matter. And it just puts no stress and no pressure on the parent and the child to just come out, run around. Um, we don't take any money, right? So. They come in, they buy in, and next thing you know, they're provincial champions a couple of years later, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I think that's uh, kudos to, to, to you for coming up with the idea of the, the try it out day. Because I know people, when you hear try, uh, right away you go to try outs, which isn't what it's about. Try it out day is just about, yeah, come on down. See if this is something you want to be involved with. If it is, great. If it's not, great. Then, you know, as long as you're still involved in the game, that's what really matters. Yes. Oh, man. You're going to kill me, buddy. You have no thoughts on that at all? None? Um, no, I, yeah, just an opportunity <laughs> to engage with our membership a little bit more and, uh, and try to ease that transition from one program to another. And, and it helps us engage with coaches, our community coaches, and everything like that, too. Many seem to feel that uh, many coaches whose children make the, uh, are, are placed in the select program at U11 or U12, they're like, oh, great, I'm, I can stop coaching. I can hand my child off to somebody better. It's like, well, no, actually, you are the better choice. This is, this is all, our select program is still volunteer coach run uh, and volunteer coach led with, with technical support from, from, from Mark in the office. Um, but uh, it, it offers an opportunity to, to educate and uh, the, the membership on what that is. So it was partnered with an info session so that the players are out on field for an hour and 15 minutes going through a basic training session and some scrimmaging with our select coaches and some select players. Uh, and then they can come into an info session with, uh, 
uh, with myself. They get an overview of what the season's like, and they, they had the opportunity to connect and ask questions of a few of our um, select graduates and select alumni. Now, that's something I, I, I mean, we should touch on is, the, is that coming into that meeting, because I remember when it happened, I was setting up and helping out with the the staff that wasn't involved in the meeting, and how'd it go? How was it? Were the questions great? Or was it? It went well. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it, it, uh, it, we had uh, we had a few of our players, uh, current and former select players, um, speak in terms of bringing forward their perspective of what they enjoyed about being in, in the select program, and it is it is a closer knit group of players wanting the same driven the same way um and you you tend to get that at the community level too through those players that are sticking together through you 14 15 16 they they have that same drive and desire uh so they form that a bit of that family but through 8 9 10 11 12 in the community level uh, a lot of players are there because um it's something to do they don't necessarily the, the tie they have is our friends from school whereas you get to the select level the tie you have are friends who want the same thing or, pl- or players and teammates who are driven the same way uh and you're traveling together and, and going through the same experiences together so it, it ties players together a different way so it, it was good for families to hear that perspective mm-hmm. uh from our from our graduating players and 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 for me as a technical director too to to, to hear some of these words from players who were 10 years old when I started here and now they're 1920 and and uh, uh, referee mentors and, and coaches in our program and, and all those kind of things that was that was good to hear um, as well and we had we had coaches like Terry Hansen uh, who's had many 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 children coming through we're laughing <laughs> Terry's got four daughters in the program uh, <laughs> that's she, a lot that's a lot she's of gone kids through come and through. she's coached and she's been a parent and she's been a, a, a an academy coach with us and has seen from a lot of different perspectives so for families to hear her perspective as a coach and as a parent as well of children who've gone through the program it's 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 only a positive that's awesome and I and I I noticed because uh, I in the last few months that I've been here I've been working more on the community end of things what, what was it like to see some of those community kids come through and you know especially at the younger try it out day uh, stuff did you did you get a chance to see some of them or I know you were fairly busy so what I found interesting actually is the number of people that don't actually know about the select program and what it entails um, and what they can accomplish by being a part of that um, they get into their community teams they love their community teams because those kids go to school together and mm-hmm. they walk across the street or ride their scooter to the practices because it's nice and close and safe yeah um, but they really had no idea so the fact that we're getting a lot more kids coming out and we're educating them on that next step that next level and letting them know that there's actually an environment that's very suitable to their athletic ability. Um, it's really interesting to see that sort of stuff. And then they're, they're very successful at that next level too. And they're like, we're really glad we came out to this. And I think that's the most important part that I hear. Is, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. That is the most important part. Yeah, yeah. Like you want people to be in an, an environment that's very suitable. Um, whether that's just with their friends or with its, their abilities and, and it makes them a better person and a better community leader in the future. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I've, I've loved seeing some of these kids that I had worked with a little bit uh, come out to that day and, and just the look on their face at the end of it, knowing that they're able to compete at the same level as some of these other players who may have been because there was a bit of a mix of select players, current select players, 
um, going into the next age group, so to speak, uh, and then having some community uh, members be part of that as well. Uh, and just having that knowledge base that you can compete at the same level that these other uh, you know players are at. Uh, you may need a little bit more work, but yeah, I'm, I'm in the mix here. I can do this. Uh, it was, which is fantastic. Really nice to see. Um, so, so great as far as that program goes, listen, we're going to take our first break here. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, have a little chat about the provincial championships that have gone on two weekends full of, uh, girls, uh, provincial championships and the boys provincial championships. We'll be right back. Kamloops Youth Soccer would like to thank its sponsors, Forward Law, Chop Leaf, and Pizza Now. Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. That's a mouthful. I don't have to try and I just say KYSA. But then, you know, Joe Blow in Belgium's not going to know who the heck we are unless we actually say the name. Well, and the tricky part is, is there's a KYSA in Kelowna as well. Ah, Kelowna Youth Soccer. Yeah, of course. Well, that's not us. It's a different KYSA. We're the Blaze, baby. We are the Blaze. Hey, listen, we alluded to talking about provincials and the Provincial B-Cup Championship, which the KYSA, both on the girls' side of the program and the boys' side of the program, um, got involved with. So I am going to throw this out there because we had a ton of teams qualify for 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 both sides of it let's start with the girls one and the girls one was held in burnaby uh, a few weeks ago gentlemen what's uh what are your thoughts yeah on how well, it went and yeah provincials overall we had all 11 of our select teams qualify both and, girls and boys yeah both girls and boys we have five uh five teams on the female side and and six teams on the male side that's awesome uh 10 of those teams qualified outright uh, through the qualification process, one one of them didn't, but earned uh, the host berth on the boys' side because we were hosting. Uh, so that's that's just a mass, massive testament to, uh, as Mark touched on earlier, with our select coaches and everything like that. Just just to what the coaches and the players have been doing uh, the last couple of years and how they've rebounded through um, uh, through this process. And, and and BC Soccer opening up the door to more teams from the Thompson, Thompson Okanagan being involved, and, and that's part of our lobbying uh, to kind of say, like, look, like Thompson Okanagan teams are meddling almost in every division, and we only have one berth, whereas the North gets two, and they never meddle. So um, so they, they adjust some of that as well. And, well, that's uh, good. And, and, and to, our, to our benefit. And, and even, even with that, we had success with our teams and success with other teams from the Thompson Okanagan. Uh, so, so that's, that's just, um, just, just kudos to, to everybody in the region, all the coaches, clubs, and, and players in terms of, um, the level of competition in this area, mm-hmm. uh, and, and how that drives, uh, drives some of our successes at, at the, at the provincial level. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and obviously the, you've seen the success over the years here as well. Is that the same sort of thought process with getting these extra berths? Yeah, it made total sense. Uh, a couple of years ago in 2019, well, 2018, we had we actually got three berths in the U18 girls division, which I was coaching in full time, and we finished the talks and finished second, third, and fourth. And then the next year, we had two berths because uh, we filled an extra spot that was vacant, and we finished first and second. That's awesome. So it made a lot of sense, and I'm really happy that BC Soccer did open up that extra door uh, for our region mm-hmm. because even if I date back to when I was a select player on the island, we'd go to provincial championships and try and get to the nationals, and 
there was always a Kamloops team that would show up unexpectedly and we would always kind of laugh and then they would win. Yeah. And we're going, well, who are these guys? Yeah. Right. And so, you know, Kamloops has a long history of having very competitive players, competitive teams, the work rate, the desire that they show is second to none. Mm. Um, and now being a part of it here as a full-time staff employee is so enjoyable because, you know, like Kieran said, 11 teams went this year. That's and amazing. And that's it's, so and that's good. kind of the norm actually for us, but some clubs just like sending a team. Mm. They're happy if two teams just get to the tournament, right? And we're getting teams to the dance and we're taking it over at times. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun and it's a huge kudos to all of our volunteer coaches that really put in some serious effort from the middle of February until July, mm -hmm. getting these kids and parents to buy in, which is not an easy task these days. No, definitely not. And I can't imagine the... Uh, I didn't have to travel that much when I was in Alberta just recently. I mean, you travel around the the city of Edmonton and into the Sherwood Parks and the St. Alberts and, and the different areas there. But the traveling that has to happen from here in the Okanagan is crazy. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's crazy. When I was on the island uh, as a technical director, we tried to create an island league. And because we knew that you know, the region of Nanaimo and the region of the sort of the Comox Courtney Valley area had talent. And that shows with the fact that we've got a couple of kids from that neighborhood um, in our TRU women's program or mm -hmm. just graduated. And everybody bought in at first and the Upper Island teams loved it. And then the Lower Island teams were like, nah, we don't really want to travel to Nanaimo. We don't want to go to Comox. And it's like, you go there twice a season and it's a nine month season. Our closest competitor is Salmon Arm and it's an hour and 15 minute drive. And we're probably doing that two, three times a season. And that's uh, the closest one. That's, that's the crazy part about it. I mean, I, I, I know there were some conversations, uh, Kieran was having when, yeah, Mark is also the summer games coach for, uh, for the zone, this area and just having to travel to Kelowna. Cause that's part of the, part of the area you're working in. It's like, how long is that drive? Well, the Kelowna is a good two hours. Penticton's yeah. a good two and a half. But I think the dedication that these parents and kids show is even in the off season, in the winter, we're going up to Williams Lake and we're going up to places like Quinnell to get matches in and create partnerships with those neighboring uh, cities mm -hmm. so that we can continue to play soccer and keep our skills fine-tuned because the coast and the island are constantly playing and we're sort of shut down due to weather and driving conditions and it doesn't benefit our sort of long-term player development um, in, in a game aspect, Yeah, right? We can train all we want, mm -hmm. but if you ain't playing those competitive matches against, you know, competitors that you don't know anything about, yeah. um, then it's going to be hard to get better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now I know both of you were coaching in the, uh, in, in the girls categories uh, in the, in the Burnaby um, I guess, the, do they actually have a name for that one? I know this one, the boys version, they do have a name for it, the tournament. Uh, the girls one, I don't think has a name for it. It was just the Provincial B Cup, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, so now I know both of you were coaching it. Do you get an opportunity to see the other teams play outside of the teams that you currently coach? Like I know you were with the 18s and you were with the... I just oversaw everybody. Oh, okay. So you got a chance to see everybody I got to sit well. on 16 or 17 
different benches, benches throughout <laughs> that weekend. Yeah. That uh, was a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but that was the benefit of us sending staff, you know, coaches down myself, yeah. Kieran, our goalkeeper coach, Louie, and the way the schedule worked out quite nicely that we were able to be a part of it and support our, uh, team coaches and okay. players, uh, every day. Okay. Well, that's cool. And then and Kieran, did you get the chance to do the same thing or were you sort of stuck with the, eight? yeah, no, we're usually out and, uh, and watching teams, watching games, yeah. interacting with parents, um, and, uh, scouting when you can, mm-hmm. if, if there's an opponent that they're going to be playing and they don't have the chance to go and watch them, then, yeah, yeah. then you're trying to give them some, the coaches some feedback on what they should be expecting the next day. Overall thoughts on how the teams performed. Uh, you know what, for the last event, uh, us as a club having gone to was 2019. Um, you could, we had our Slurpee cup this year, which is teams together, but that's a very different environment. You're playing two games a day. It's, it's quite different. So here you're managing your entire team for four straight days Mm -hmm. and and four nights, really they're getting in on the Wednesday night. So, uh, there's, there's a lot to, to manage and support. And to, to keep a team motivated and going, yeah. uh, and our, our coaches did a did a did a phenomenal job. That's and, great. And, um, and uh, uh, our thirteen girls won gold. Our fifteen girls won bronze. Uh, we had a fourth place finish and, and two sixth place finishes. So um, that's uh, you know that's just a testament to how well the coaches are doing mm-hmm. and, and how well the players are buying in and, and how well how much the families families sacrifice a lot to go down there because they're oh for sure. Up, giving up two or three days worth of work uh, and we're down in Burnaby. So you're, I mean, your hotel is two fifty a night <laughs> and um, you're, you're away from family, you're away from home, you're, you're eating out all the time. You're, so yeah. there, there's a lot of logistics that have to be managed. Um, and, and if parents don't buy in, then players are not, uh, players are not at their best and which means teams are not at their best. And, and so, so there's it, quite a trickle down effect in terms of here's what we want and getting the buy-in from players and parents and families as well. I remember totally off topic traveling with family and, um, you just alluded to the price being 200 and something dollars for a hotel room. I remember driving by motel sixes when they were six bucks a night <laughs> started going up from there. But I mean, you know, dating myself a bit i just thought that's crazy it's you imagine stopping you're having to travel with a family and and you got to pay 200 bucks a night for a room plus that's insane yeah yeah. like what are you truly paying for that's anyway i I digress fresh sheets fresh i don't know what's going on at the six dollar a night motel well i mean yeah well that's the whole thing i back in the day i guess it was you know and eventually it started going up then it was you know seven and nine dollars and why are you calling it motel six it's 12 bucks a night it's you know, it's just crazy stuff. But anyways, we're still cheaper. it's twice as good. It's twice as good. Twice as Are nice. you still friends with Fred Flintstone and Barney Rebel? <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's about it. It's, it was a Jurassic Park kind of uh, time frame when uh, you're dealing with prices like that. That's for sure. Um, on so, the, on did, the girls' side, though. Yeah, I was just going to say. You know, Kieran mentioned that we got a gold at the U13 girls. And they were the class of the event. I got to sit on their bench for all four matches. Um and what uh, Tashved and Michaela Swan got out of those players and the buy-in from those parents, um, the results on the field showed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fantastic. Uh, the thirteen, or sorry, the fifteen girls winning their bronze, they were only one goal out of qualifying for the gold medal game. Uh, they lost on goal difference. Yeah. Um, and even the older teams, the seventeens, just couldn't score. 
And the 18s were one goal out of being in the gold medal game as well. So they were really that close to, you know, we us needing a moving truck to bring home the amount of trophies and medals that we probably could have brought home. Yeah. And and a shout out to Soccer Quest U14 team who were new to the environment and they brought home a gold medal as well. And they're mm. from the Kamloops area. So, you know, Kamloops is a soccer hub yeah. and uh, the talent is there. And I would imagine that everybody else in the province fears having us in their group, to well, be honest. You know, and I, I have to say, looking around in the three months that I've been here and the different the different qualities of coaches that are here in this um, this area is stupid. Like, I mean, the quality is so high in this region for um, coaches that are, whether it's university level, whether it's uh, community level, whether it's uh, the select levels. And, and just in the Kamloops area alone, I mean, you can't throw a stone in the soccer world without hitting some quality coach, So, that, which is great. It's uh, kudos to you guys for what you've built here, and uh, kudos to the people that um, continue to come out and support the community and, and uh, really help these young players become uh, quality athletes and quality people in the long run. So, well done. Um, the boys' division, the... Uh, Oh man, it's gonna bug me now. Is it less Senate? The less Senate, yeah. Less Senate. Um, I had to say it several times, handing out awards. But uh, the boys' side of the draw, phenomenal. It was a great weekend. Um, couldn't help the fact that uh, the complex here was fabulous. Uh, the way it was set up, we had some pretty decent weather, almost to the point where it was kind of cool, except for the last couple of days. Um, still nice, uh, perfect soccer playing weather. And um, all the teams, your 15s did well. Uh, your 18s did okay. did okay. You were just missing out each game. Uh, it looked like things could have gone um, gone everybody's way, uh, the ones that are playing. But how did you think the boys' end of things went? Yeah, so, so we had uh, we had a team in every division. So that that's I don't think I've ever gone to an event where the host has had that. Uh, so we had a 13 team, 14 team, 15 team, 16 team, 17 team, 18 team. Um, beginning of February, we only would have had five teams and, and our 18 team came together in a matter of 10 days when a couple of players came up and said, I think we can get 15 guys together for a team if we're hosting provincials. Mm -hmm. and, and we went ahead and did it. It was, um, you know, so, so we managed to feel the team in every division and, and the teams were competitive in, in, in every division. Uh, some learning curves uh, along the way. Of course. Uh, our 13 boys were unfortunate in their first game. The boys came out nervous and, and ended up tying a game they, they could have won. Uh, and that affected their trajectory. Mm -hmm. and in turn, they're also unfortunate to be in a group of three instead of a group of four. So it changes the point, the point, the way you can get points. And, um, you know, you, you lose that first game, you're likely finishing third or second instead of first. Whereas in, in 14 groups, you lose that first game. You still got two more to make up for it. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, so some challenges there. Um, lots of resiliency from from some of our teams. Our U14 boys showed a tremendous amount of grit and resiliency and determination to, to bounce back from an unfortunate first game uh, to, to be competitive and win their second game and, and be competitive through the rest of the event. So mm -hmm. um, Mark's team going going undefeated uh, throughout it. Tony's team, the 17s, going undefeated throughout it. The 16 boys, uh, an unfortunate round-robin game uh, after a significant injury uh, and about 10 minutes of 
of, of time to deal with that. A restart off of a defending a free kick and boom, right in the net off of that um, uh, with only six minutes left in the game. A bit, bit unfortunate. That affected their trajectory, trajectory too. But uh, overall, I think every player and every coach showed um, tremendous class uh, and, and outstanding uh, grit and determination and resiliency. They just represented uh, the club and Kamloops and the region very, very well. Yeah, I, I don't think I heard too many bad things said about uh, the facility, the club, how we helped to uh, help the BC Soccer run the the events. I, I think it was it was it was really a great tournament all around there. And, and for you, Mark, I mean, uh, you guys went all the way. You're, you're under 15 boys did so well and uh, winning the championship. So kudos to you. How did you feel the tournament went? Uh, Obviously, with the 15s, but uh. yeah, that was that was a little bit unexpected in a few ways but at the end of the day i love that the game was on grass that's that's the best part um and these these grass facilities are second to none so it makes it even that much better it's nice that we've got enough fields to host the whole entire event so that the times are consistent throughout each day and we've got nice little breaks in between so people can come and go refs can get into educational courses uh, while they're here um you know it allows our staff to bounce around a little bit and see everybody mm-hmm. um and the staff in the office here were here at 7 a.m every morning you're one of them yeah setting up tents and benches and corner flags and um so the dedication was there right from the very bottom end to the top end, which was quite nice. Yeah, um, for sure. The 17s were the class of the tournament. I pegged them to win a provincial title before the season started, and I'm really, really happy that they did that because that group of boys technically are so good. And off the field, they're the best of friends. And <laughs> They're such nice kids, too. Yeah, uh, That's yeah. the whole thing. And if it's one thing I can say about the club, I mean – I, I'm not with any one of these teams. So when I talk to the players or hear them talking, they're always, they're such good kids. I don't think there's a bad apple in the mix at all with any of the kids. So I, I you know, kudos to you guys. Kudos to the kids for for coming in and, and uh, just being who you are, just enjoying the game and, and being good people because that's, that's a huge factor. Oh, 100%. And, you know, the work that the U17 coaches put in with that group over the last eight years has been phenomenal. Yeah. Right? The, the kids just, they show up to training week in and week out. They work hard. The coaches are extremely dedicated. And the end result was a 4 nothing blasting of a team on the coast in the final. And it was such a treat to watch. Mm. Like, it was such a treat. Um I'm kind of glad because the 15s played after and they didn't necessarily take the sting out of the environment, which I was kind of concerned that they might. Because mm-hmm. um, then our game was a crazy roller coaster ride. It was and very much a roller coaster I, ride. I wouldn't want it anywhere, anywhere else. And to be honest, um, yeah. you know, we won the Slurpee Cup at home in a very dramatic fashion as well, going down a man and 10 minutes in and holding out for shootouts and winning it in the shootout. Um, you know, we did really well on our playdowns, and coming into this, I was just ecstatic if we had got to a medal game. Yeah. The fact that we got to the gold medal game, and we played the Island, who are my arch nemesis growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're called Sanch Fusion now, but they were Gordon Head back in the day, and they always got one over on the teams I played for, um, but they're very well run. Their technical director is about to retire after 31 years at the club. Like, wow. And he had three teams here, and uh, 
they won two golds and then they walked into that game and we actually went to the island at Easter to uh, play them because we knew they'd be in provincials and who knows if you're going to get them in your group or whatever. Exactly. May as well get some uh, knowledge base behind what you're going to be playing against. Absolutely. And uh, they took it to us and we didn't have our full roster and it was preseason for us, but I think they were a little bit shocked. Um, We were a little bit shocked when we gave up the tying goal with 30 seconds left. I'm pretty sure they're a little bit shocked when we scored 30 seconds later to win it. (laughs) And I'm looking forward to BC soccer sending us that game film because I'll probably watch that last five minutes over and over and over again. I think that was just incredible. It was was twice. It was uh, you guys scoring at the end of the first half to uh, literally go up to the center. Boom. Half is over. And same thing with the end to get that third goal. Ball comes to the center. Boom. Game over. It was crazy. It was yeah, crazy, but fun it, to watch. Yeah, yeah. Not to coach. No. <laughs> I lost five years of my life in that match. <laughs> but the quality of competition going through the whole event, though, you know, from age group to age group, was very competitive. Yeah. That was the best part. Yeah, there was some blowout games here and there, but for the most part, they were really competitive matches. I mean, the games we all played in for the 15s were nail biters. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. Um, and that makes for a good event. Yeah, well, for sure. For sure. And and being the TD of the club and having this many teams involved, what's your overall thoughts on the... the no, don't even go there. I see the cheeky smile on your face, mate. Um, just your overall thoughts on, on, on Provincials this year. No, I, I think... Um uh, uh as, as a host location I, I, I thought we did very well I thought um, BC soccer did a good job of, of uh, bringing in quality referees from around the region from around the province and and the referee mentorship too um, I would say you're always going to have your disagreements with some referees the way games go but um, when both teams come off a little bit frustrated with the referee you know it was probably a pretty fair game yeah fair uh, and just the, the the quality I thought of, of the refereeing um, center officials assistant referees uh, mentors was was top quality um, and felt the same for for the Burnaby event uh, however the Burnaby event was run at the same time as the a cup uh, and so they're a bit stretched thin for referees there, whereas we had a, a bit more of a surplus of referees uh, and fewer games in a day. So, so um, it could be planned out uh, a little bit more um, purposefully. And so the quality of the refereeing, uh, BC Soccer being present, and um, Ryan McQuillan and, and John Charlton from, from, from BC Soccer uh, being here to manage discipline and all those kind of things, I thought that went very well. And, and all the coaches and the visiting teams um, complimenting the, the facilities, the, the, the events, and uh, for the most part being just, just quality acts and 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 top quality people and uh seeing players come from prince george from terrace from the bulkley valley region you've got the kootenays you got nelson you got you got teams from the island uh and, and teams from the coast and the thompson okanagan just just seeing everybody in here uh coming out and excited and keen to play and and uh i thought it went very very well that's awesome there's nothing better than having a, a tournament in your area run smoothly run well and uh, and enjoying the fruits of uh, what you've put on as far as your training and stuff goes and, and seeing it come to fruition for uh, some of these players, for sure. Uh, we're going to take our, a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to uh, chat a little bit about summer camps and academies and slip into a little CONCACAF women's soccer, maybe even some of the European 
women's soccer that's going on currently. You're listening to Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. We'll be right back. KYSA would like to thank its sponsors, Forward Law, Chopped Leaf, and Pizza Now. And we're back. This is Blaze Soccer Talk, the official podcast of the Kamloops Youth Soccer Association. Joined today, Mark Bell, you joined us today. That's a good thing. It's good to have you on. I slept in the last two days till noon. So wow. I, I apologize that I rolled in here 10 to noon today. You know, it's, it's, the, it's, cl- the internal clock was uh, adjusting again. Adjusting. And uh, Kieran McMahon, always, always a pleasure, except with when you, you, know, you jump in with those one word things. Or not at all. <laughs> uh, he's winding me up You're again. Welcome. Yeah, thanks. There we go. Um, so, yeah, it's funny because in between the breaks, we always have little chats and, you know, different topics and things come up and we don't always um, dive into those topics, but I think we are going to this time. And that's uh, it's a little bit more of the politics of, of soccer in Canada. Uh, in particular, one of the topics we, we were just discussing um, I had read up a little bit about stuff on Facebook, um, but I know it's something that uh, Kieran had spoken about before, and um, and that's some of the voting rights and voting powers that go on here in British Columbia in, in the soccer world, and the is what's the right term inequity between the two? Yeah, just the, the, gover- the governance structure within within BC Soccer and and the. Um uh, the membership voting rights, yeah. Yeah, so th- there's a bit of an issue going on where the CSA, uh, it's the Canadian Soccer Association, is is looking to possibly sanction British Columbia yeah. a- as a whole. Yeah, BC Soccer has been given formal notice by C- by, by the CSA that if they do not have uh, an equitable, equitable distribution of voting rights uh, in the province by... We have until our AGM, uh, which is in November of this year, to sort that out. If that is not sorted out, then then BC Soccer will be facing sanctions from from the CSA, and that could be uh, and likely is as severe as uh, removing uh, BC Soccer's status as an official member of the CSA, which means uh, all youth soccer, all adult soccer, all soccer is suspended. That's that's just insane to think about that. Now, I've been away for 10 years and I'll be honest, I've never really been up on that side of the game. Anyway, I'm more concerned about coaching and and getting players ready and things like that, but I mean it's hugely important uh, as far as how soccer grows and moves within any area of Canada. What's the breakdown? What's your understanding? Obviously, you have a better understanding of what's going on. With our conversation at the, in between the breaks here, yeah. Well, the the uh, B, BC Soccer, the BC Soccer Association, is an amalgamation of the BC Juvenile Soccer Association and the BC Adult Soccer Association. I think they amalgamated back in the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, and so at that point, those two major provincial associations joining together. How do you entice them to both come in? It's well, you, it's a fifty-fifty voting structure. So the youth had their own voting structure, which was one vote for every four hundred members mm-hmm. uh, in a district and a district is made up of clubs so 
players play for clubs. Clubs are part of a bigger district, and there's multiple districts that make up BC Youth Soccer. Uh, so it was one, every district gets one vote for 400 members uh, or portion thereof. So if you have 600 members, you've got two votes. Uh, adult leagues were, their voting structure was one vote per team in the league. So if your league has four teams, you've got four votes. If you've got 70 teams, you've got 70 votes. If your district has 4,000 players, you have 10 votes. 70 te- or 100 teams is, 100 teams is what, maybe 2,000 players, but mm-hmm. you get 100 votes, uh, whereas a district with four, a youth district with 4,000 players only gets 10 votes. Um, so you, you, you add it all up, and over the years, there was always a, a an agreement between youth and adult that youth would not vote on adult issues and adults would not vote on youth issues. That's deteriorated. Uh, adults have been voting on youth issues uh, and disrupting some of the youth programming and, the, and, and things that the youth programs want to see, uh, youth districts want to see come in. Um, and then the CSA has come down uh, in, in their attempt to um, uh, clean up, uh, clean up provincial associations across the country in terms of um, consistent uh, governance structures and consistent applications of laws, and that that reports up to FIFA as well. And, and so they're looking, they're they're telling provinces you have to have an equitable share of the vote distributed through uh, through your association. And BC Soccer does not have that. The the youth side of BC Soccer has about currently eighty five thousand players. The adult side has fifteen thousand players. Yet those 15,000 players have control 50% of the vote. And and the vote on the adult side, it's five leagues. It's five leagues that have a controlling interest, basically. Uh, and on the youth side, it's uh, 25 districts, 30 districts um, that uh, that those votes are distributed across. So uh, on, on the adult side, those leagues are run by full-time administrators who attend BC Soccer and do, and do all the voting, um, and they're refusing to give up uh, that equitable share. Their argument is that they haven't had fair consultation from BC Soccer, and uh, they're not just willing to accept BC Soccer at their, wor- at their word or at, their, at the proposal that they've put forward, which is fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other argument I've heard from... Uh, youth clubs that have significant adult programming is that they they were never consulted by the adult leagues on, in terms of which way to vote. So some some clubs have ten teams in the Metro Women's League, five teams in the Fraser Valley League, and the, neither of those leagues consulted their consulted their membership about which way to vote. They just voted against. So it, that's causing a whole issue now. And there's 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 a threat that came out, a veiled threat. Um, that came out from BC Soccer, from from the CSA uh, to BC Soccer, saying if you don't have this sorted out by your AGM, there's going to be sanctions. Sanctions could be as minor as youth teams and adult teams cannot participate in national championships, which doesn't affect most the majority of youth programming. But yeah. it could be as severe as they're like BC Soccer is no longer sanctioned, which means CSA, which means um, uh, youth districts, adult leagues are no longer sanctioned. You cannot run soccer events. Um, and soccer, and soccer training. That's that's an extreme, and and if that were to happen, uh, that's likely not happening until November, uh, in, until the AGM. So, uh, who knows where that's going to go? It's BC Soccer's trying to work on a mediation and and everything like that, but uh, it's uh, it's a bit of a of a muddy, muddy kind of. Uh, one side throwing accusations at the other side and youth soccer being affected because adult soccer doesn't want to. I, I still can't get a, get across the thought that, you know, as you said in the, in the first part of your conversation there, talking about how 
they they had made that sort of gentleman agreement that you, you don't bid on or you don't vote on youth um, thoughts and processes. We won't vote on adult thoughts and processes. How does that deteriorate? Is that like I, I mean that sounds really simple and real easy to deal with. I don't understand how you would. Uh... Yeah, yeah, it's it's changes it's changes to um, uh, constitutional amendments that that only affect youth, but that adult leagues want to have a say in. Um, or it could be as simple as uh, like possibly the adult member for, or the member from the adult league has youth has their own youth playing youth soccer and they don't like that so they're they're weighing in on something I, I it, it, it was minor but it started to to push things in the wrong direction yeah. uh, but but even then regardless of that the voting structure is inequitable and 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 bc soccer and csa says it needs to be equitable uh, uh, ontario has equitable voting structure they, they have it based on um uh, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it is equitable across the board. Uh, it's not adult leagues versus youth districts. It's um, it, it's like one vote for a club gets one vote or a district gets one vote for every so many youth youth members and adult members and, and, and things like that versus adults versus youth. It's 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 adults and youth are registered to the same district, whereas here in BC Soccer, it's, it's separate. Youth have districts and adults have leagues, and so they're completely separate entities, whereas in other uh, provincial associations, um, adult and youth are registered under the same umbrella. And, and, and so, so it, is, it is a different structure there. And, and that goes back to when both the adult and youth provincial associations amalgamated. And logically, that made sense that they got 50% of the vote each, but now it, doesn't, now it no longer makes sense. And when there's, when there's millions of dollars going to BC Soccer, um, when, the, when the minority of the membership has the majority of the voting uh, power, it's, it, it does create an imbalance. Wow, that's just crazy. I, I can't imagine... I guess like you were saying, Ontario's got that equity happening. I wonder if any of the other provinces have a an issue with these or a problem with this. BC and is the only is the only provincial entity where this is um, this is an issue. Every, everybody wow. else in the country has come on board. I, I, why? That's yeah. all I can say is why. Why yeah. get but yourself it's, it's to a, a point a, where you've got the governing body of the country saying well, we're going to have to sanction you because you can't sort things out. Well, and uh, I mean, BC Soccer has, they can suspend members if they want. So they can suspend adult leagues uh, or members that don't want to get on board. So they, they have a bit of a hammer. Um, but the, my experience, BC Soccer, they never use a hammer, right? They, they, uh, they always try to find whatever that equitable path is. And they, they'd rather uh, consensus than, than having a basically put the hammer down no i, I mean um, i've seen i've seen yeah. it in alberta i mean it's it's the same thing there no one really wants to swing the hammer yeah. uh and and either cause a, a huge upset or yeah throw the weight around the way they can yeah so the uh the adult leagues have, have uh uh put a public letter out um bc soccer put a video out uh, a few weeks ago um, basically calling out the adult leagues, not not by name, but saying members members voted a certain way. It's it's obvious that the adult leagues did not vote in favor of, of the the more equitable voting structure, which I think was one vote for every two hundred fifty players. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so so the adult leagues would go one vote per two hundred fifty players rather than one vote per team. Uh, so they would their two hundred fifty players is ten teams. Yeah. teams yeah uh, so they lose 10 votes right whereas the youth districts get more votes because uh, they're going from one one vote per 400 to one vote per 250 um, 
so there, there was a, there was an adjustment there uh, that was that was turned down, um, and uh, and BC Soccer came out with with their their video, basically saying here's here's worst case scenarios, here's how this can happen. It was a bit uh, hardcore. <laughs> it, it was pretty hardcore, especially if you're on the coast when you're in the primary registration season, and they're saying it, all soccer programming could be suspended. Mm-hmm. Um, so that affects registrations now across the youth. Uh, oh, for uh, sure, down on the coast because their their season starts in September. Um, the adult leagues got together and they they wrote a response uh, to BC Soccer saying we're open, we're open to, to conversations. We were never consulted properly and uh, and and providing their perspective as well. And the hope is that there's some type of mediation uh, that'll occur with that. But um, but CSA has come out with letters saying you got until your AGM to sort it out, uh, basically, or else. And we don't know what that or else is. Any thoughts at all, Mark, on this subject, or do you just? I just want to coach, man. That's what I signed up for. <laughs> right, I just want to be on the field with the kids, impacting their lives in a positive way, and hopefully they continue to play in the adult leagues. Yeah. Right. I mean, I got injured and didn't really get a chance to play in those adult leagues, and I wish I did because I came from a club that went through a bit of a dynasty era um, in the two thousands, and they went to national championships four times in that decade, and. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I was a part of that. Um, and I just want to see kids still live out that opportunity because it really is supposed to be a cradle-to-grave system. And we are all here for the same reason, at least I thought we were. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and that's the whole thing. I, 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 I suggest that people really give a good think, uh, you know, even if you're not on the political side of things within the game, it's, it has a huge effect on what happens on the other side of the game for you. So... I think everybody needs to take a little bit of time to really think through some of the stuff that's uh, that's going on out and around us, so we can make those the the proper decisions, so everyone can continue to enjoy the game that uh, we love and that we work in and 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 love to work in. You know what, guys? This has flown by. The first little bit didn't fly by, but you know, hey, the rest of it has. We're we're at the hour mark here um, with breaks and stuff included, so we're gonna we're gonna wind this up unless. I saw you making notes on some of these CONCACAF stuff, the, the women's stuff. Did you? Or was it no? No, I just asked how, which, teams, which teams qualify. You said top. So I made an arrow. <laughs> no worries. We, we were going to touch base with the CONCACAF Women's Championship and then the European Women's Championship that's going on. But uh, you know what? Time constraints being what they are here, we are going to uh, call it a day here. So, uh, Mark Bell, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. No worries. If we continue to have these uh, meetings at around noon, then uh, I'll, I'll be in. There we go. Okay, well, I mean, it's something we can definitely do uh, moving forward now that things have slowed down a little bit. But uh, do they ever really truly slow down? No. Yes. Oh, they do? Okay, okay, never mind. Kieran McMahon, thanks for coming in as always. And your one-word answers. Yeah, there we go. I guess you're welcome. That's two words. So It's three. Is it three? It's three. You are welcome. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. anyways that's it for us you've been listening to blaze soccer talk the official podcast of the kamloops youth soccer association Uh, we'll see you again soon you've been listening to blaze soccer talk the official podcast of the kamloops youth soccer association 